and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. Today we're talking about our top 10 favorite games, at least the list as it stands today. We have not shared these lists with each other yet, so we can take bets on whether or not there will be any crossover. Oh, and some of you might think, didn't you just do a favorite games episode four months ago? And to that we say, yeah, well, sort of. But this episode is our 150th, so it has a lot more favorite games in it. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison and the SGC. And thanks, Christopher, for updating your pledge. Woo! Okay, and we have a winner for our Pathfinder Venture Card Game Core Box plus Curse of the Crimson Throne giveaway, which you'll have to wait till the end. And the name may surprise you. Or not. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) You're not eligible. Sorry, suckers. (laughs) You emailed like 26 times. (laughs) And on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So top ten. We don't do top tens. I don't think we've ever actually done a top ten. I know we've done a top five once. I think that's it. I think that's the closest we've ever come. Was we did a top five once. Yep. And even our favorite games episode, we were talking more about the answer to the question: our favorite. What is our favorite game? I think we did like two or three each, maybe. Yeah, we talked about what is our fate. Like, what do you answer when somebody asks, "What's your favorite game?" Right. So this Which is a completely different. Exactly. So how did you guys make your list? Because this was not super easy. So it I was... started by cleaning out my game shelf. <laughs> <laughs> and then once you didn't throw away, made the list? Pretty much. That was like a prerequisite. All right. Because right. I had to own the game. So I actually bought a couple games because I was like, this is one of my favorites. I have to own this, obviously. Interesting. You're going to have to let me know which ones. All right. What about you, Fletcher? Um. It was probably easier for me because I don't own ten bajillion games, <laughs> and I haven't I haven't played as many games as you guys, so it's probably a little bit easier. I would like to point out me. that maybe Chris owns ten bajillion games, but I only own like one bajillion games. Yeah, okay. You're an order of, of magnitude off. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably about accurate. I, I yeah, I don't want to count how many games I have. I went through and I put green sticky notes. It's at least one order of magnitude over mine. (laughs) It is. It is. Yeah, my first pass was green sticky notes on the games in the game room. And then I went downstairs just to make sure that I didn't have any larger games stored down there that deserved a green sticky note. Then I went over the board game geek top like 300 games to see if I missed any that I didn't own. And then I came up with about 50 or so and I, then I just forced rank them from there so there are a couple games that are not on my list and I will explain why when we get to the end of my list but we should Wait, all right. there's a couple games not on your list and you, you want to explain why it's because you ran well, out of room that's why <laughs> I did run out of room 10 that's the problem <laughs> well these games yes that's it's well, called a limit Chris <laughs> all right do we want to start with your honorable mentions N- well before we get to the real top 10 no because I think some people will think that these might be on my list and I don't want to spoil it so people are taking bets because uh-huh. some people might be taking bets I don't Pro- no one's taking bets nobody's no one's taking bets. nobody's taking bets. nobody actually cares about our top 10 games I care I care all right so I would like to think that there's like a <laughs> listening party of like 20 people getting together like okay what if do you the, think like is Chris's number 10? <laughs> I, I want I want to know if there's a listening party out there. If there is any group of people, four or more, listening to this podcast at the same time, I was gonna email say two. Us. 
<laughs> no, no, no. Sometimes people listen in the car and force their significant other to listen. So that's that's totally yeah, <laughs> that's generous. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way they can get other people to listen. <laughs> Your Stockholm cap. syndrome. Yeah. Listen or jump. Your choice. And <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should we do this? Yeah. All right. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go ten to one and briefly describe the game or actually no briefly describe why you like the game otherwise this will be a very very short episode so we're going to try to pad it with and this is why i like this game or something like that all right who's going first you put yourself first in the show notes did i like just you did i do that because my subconscious is very egotistical yep all right fine that's your subconscious (laughs) (laughs) watch your that fire tonight (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm so tired i'm glad he's picking up my slack of making fun of you because you deserve it it's totally fair totally completely fair all right i will go first for number 10 and then maybe we'll snake it from there um my number 10 and this one was tricky because i was gonna this was higher and then there's just other ones that kind of pushed it down a little bit but is battlestar galactica the board game with none of the silly expansions, because it doesn't need any expansions. It's good just the way it is in the core box, which you cannot get anymore. But this game is fantastic. It does so such a good job at like the hidden traitor role without making you feel like you have to hide yourself. And when you even when you aren't or are outed, you still have other stuff you can do. And it's so like themed to the movies, or not the movies, but the but the series. The show. The show is just I I love it. The only reason I think that it is this low on my list is because it is a little bit too long. In a good like five player game, which is where you would want this to be, it probably plays an hour longer than it needs to. But otherwise, Battlestar Galactica, my number ten. All right, let's see. Um, Should I go Fletcher. next then? Yep. All right, so I put for my number ten, Black Box, which is a game that I think I talked about. Um, I don't know. How many episodes ago? Three or four? Nine, 19 episodes ago. 19 episodes. <laughs> um, so this is essentially... You can play it as a two-player game or a one-player game, kind of. But essentially, the object of the game is that you need to hide these... Um, you need to hide these little spheres and essentially what is a black box. And you have a person that's telling you and you're shooting rays of light. Um, and then they bounce off the balls in different different ways um and it's kind of like mastermind but i think it's a bit more interesting and a bit more fun um and i haven't played it for a while but i found that there is a um black box app that i found online that i downloaded that i have been playing and um it works really well as like a one player game and i've been kind of like going to that when i have some downtime and it's super fun and it's free i downloaded this game and for those who might want to be interested in it, it's black box. The icon is, well, it's a purple box on a black background. <laughs> At least it is for iOS. I don't know what is on Android or if it even is on Android. It takes a little bit to figure out what's going on. And there's the rules instructions here. aren't great. No. <laughs> but once you do figure it out, it gets super, super addicting. And I recommend people try this out. It's, it's pretty cool. Especially if you like those mastermind and figure it out kind of games. All right, Kitty, what is your number 10? Santorini. Oh, that's a good one. I really like this game. I can get Spencer to play it with me. 
It doesn't have a super long playtime, so it gets to our table fairly often since I bought it. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is one of the ones I bought because I was like, if I'm counting, this is one of my favorite games. I need to own it. And we talked about it a bunch on our two-player games episode. It's perfect for two players. It's fun. It's strategic, but not so in-depth that you get mad about losing because you can just play again. And it's not one of those ones that I lose over and over and over again. And I'm like, I'm never playing a game with you again, Spencer. I can't stand this. And you get special powers. Like, it's asymmetric even when you want it to be. You, it can be asymmetric or it can be straightforward. Spencer's not a big fan of the god powers. He likes to play it just straightforward. He likes to play the person. But I like the god powers because then it's never my fault that I lose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. I just I just had a crappy power. Yeah. It, it's not my fault. Yeah. I had a bad power. Yeah. This one's awesome Luck just because it, you can take a picture of any game when you're done with it and it's cool. You throw an Instagram filter on it and boom. It's a really pretty game. It's very tactile. It has such fun pieces. They fit together so nicely. The components are really high quality components. My only complaint is that the board is flat and I wish it had like little divots that the bottom pieces fit into. Oh, yeah, but you're it's, right. It's a fun game. Yep. But the, and the board is so, so cool because it's like this raised island. It like sits off the island. Yeah, it sits off the table. It's really, it's a really neat looking game. Yeah. Very pretty fun to play enough to it that it's not boring but you know light enough that it's not too serious exactly all right we are going to go to fletcher's number nine and then kitty then me and then we'll just keep rotating so we're not always doing the same order (laughs) (laughs) keeping those uh people placing bets on their toes huh yep keep them guessing uh so my number nine is terraforming mars and I really like this game. I probably would have put it higher, but I just don't play it often enough to justify the higher ranking. Um, every time I play it, it's really fun. Um, the only downside is that it uh, takes forever to teach somebody how to play. <laughs> but once they learn, it's pretty fun. I would say there's a second downside, and that is the player boards are just a little bit too small for the cubes. Um but again, there's so many different ways of replacing those player boards. And I did kickstart the the deluxe player boards. So. But spoiler alert for anyone who listens to us often, I think Fletcher's the one representing for this game. I'm just predicting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kitty, you're number nine. Herbaceous. Ooh. This is... I love this game because I can always get somebody to play it with me. My mom is super into this game. It's a fun little herb collecting, gardening themed game where there's a little bit of a take that, mess with your neighbor kind of a feel, but not so much, again, that it's like hurt feelings happen. It's another quick play game. So if you lose, you can just play again real quick and there's enough stuff to balance it out. There's enough luck, but enough strategy that balance out that it's really fun. And I love the art. All of the herbs are so pretty, and I love that the bonus card is an herb biscuit, and it makes me want to cook every time I play this game, because it's so pretty and fun and full of herbs. It makes me <laughs> feel like the game should be like scratch and sniff, like it should smell good. Ooh, I wonder, there could be a, a scratch and sniff deluxe version of the game. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough board games with scratch and sniff, if you ask me. Are there any? I can't think of any, which is no. not enough. We should really open this up. <laughs> it's called Markers. Just, it's begging the game. For it. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Hmm. All right. My number nine is a game that is a medium-sized box, but a big game, and that's Viticulture. This is the game, the Euro game about making wine. And I love this game because you can drink wine while playing it, and it makes total sense. It's relatively, for a Euro game of its depth, it's relatively easy to teach because everything you do sort of makes sense. The only thing that sometimes people are confused with is like the grapes versus the wine. That it's like, wait a minute, so I don't have any wine? No, you have to make the grapes into wine. But otherwise, I've played this game at least a dozen times, and I still don't think I've like done every possible avenue to scoring points. So there's just there's no one way to be good at this game. And I just, I don't know. I like the theme. I like the box is relatively small. There's and there's just a ton of variability in it. Plus, I have the metal coins, and anything with metal coins is cool. And that's Viticulture. All right, Kitty, you're number eight. Time stories. Ooh. I don't know. I'm just going to do that every time you say something. Ooh. Time stories. I think this game is a really good cooperative game where you feel like you're learning a story and you're really uncovering new and interesting things. And there's a reason why you're exploring. I think... The scenarios that I've played so far have all been so much fun. There's, it, it feels like you're playing for a shorter amount of time than you are. Every time I've played this game, it's like, all right, let's just play one more. And then you look at your watch and you're like, oh my gosh, it's like 11 o'clock. We can't start a new one. I can't be doing this until two in the morning. We need to like stop, <laughs> but I want to keep playing and it's fun. It's a really good cooperative story adventure. I'm looking forward to the second season, which are like standalone episodes. I don't know. There's part of me that seems like the changes they made might be for good, but I really loved the way that it played in the first set. And so I'm worried if it changes too much, I won't enjoy it as much, but I'm hopeful. We'll find out. All right. I think I'm up if I'm doing this right. Yes, I'm up. My number eight is Arcadia Quest. Uh, this is my campaign box, campaign game in a short series game. You get, you pick your three characters, you play five scenarios, your characters level up between every scenario, you're fighting against each other. It's, it's pretty take that-y, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like, and it feels like you should, it feels like it's in the theme of things. I will say this game, I think, plays best at two. I find all take that games play best at two because then you're actually playing against someone. You're not ganging up on anyone. But I've played this game a bunch at three and a bunch at four. And it's fun at all levels as long as everyone's in it just to have fun. And even if you lose a particular scenario, you still level up. You still get stuff to move on to the next one. And it's still fun to just kind of keep playing. So that's my number eight, Arcadia Quest. And I can't wait for Starcadia Quest, which should be shipping pretty soon. Fletcher. Okay. My number eight is a game that I've talked about a few times again on here, Neil Borns. <laughs> a game I still have not played. Yeah. Um, I really like this game. I've talked about it before recently, so I won't go over it again. But essentially, it's a really <laughs> fun card game that has some kind of unique twist to it. You can play it with uh, two, I think, two to four players. And it's fairly quick with some options to extend the game. Um but it's super fun and it's probably super cheap to pick up. So um, yeah, I think I I've seen it. I think I've seen it at my game store for like 10 bucks or something. Yeah. 
if anyone's going to be at Dice Tower Con this week, hit me up. And and you have Mealborn or are willing to teach me yet? Hit me up, and I will uh, I will happily play it. I'm going to be needing short games as I'm going to have a five month old with us. Okay, by my rotation here, I am number seven, or I am on number seven, and my number seven used to be one of my favorites. Well, in my top three, but now it's number seven, and that is Great Western Trail. This is a semi-deck building, semi-action selection, Euro game with some, I don't want to say, well, tableau building, upgrading. It's just, it's it feels like... A, it has all the mechanics. It does. It feels like a kitchen it sink game. It has literally everything in it, and it is so confusing <laughs> except then you start playing and it's not nearly as confusing as you think it's going to be yeah it is tricky to teach because i'm like okay and you can do this and you can do this and then when you do this you can do this and if you upgrade your thing there you can do that but then you're going to place your white disc over here and to do this I'm like you know something never mind let's just play and i'll teach you what you need to know as you need to know it and then when- on your turn you only have a limited number of choices you can make but but there's so many choices <laughs> that so keep many- stacking up on top each turn. It's crazy. Uh, it's fun. I love it. I'll give it to you. Yeah. I have not yet played with the expansion. Um, I think it's like the Northern Trails or North. It's, it's a railroad expansion that attaches to the top of the, bu- the board. Have not yet played with that. I don't think Great Western Trail really needed an expansion, but I'm still <laughs> excited to play with it because it makes the railroad part of it. There's more you can do with that as well. So that is Great Western Trail. Fletcher, what's your number seven? My number seven is a game that I don't actually own. Uh-oh. But I've played a few times, and I thought it was really fun. It's Wingspan. It's probably going to be on somebody else's list here. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I've played Kitty's Copy probably like three or four times, something like that. And each time, it was a ton of fun to play. Uh, I like the artwork a lot. It's a simple game to learn. Um, and... There is like a surprising amount of strategy based on the cards that you get dealt and what's on the board um, to like kind of figure out what you want to do in the game. And it's also super colorful. It but is. Wingspan, really good. My number seven. It'd probably be higher, but I don't own it. So I don't get to play it as often, but I really like it. You know, I realize I feel like I own it, but I know I don't because Kitty stole my copy. But I realize that I actually do need to hey. buy this game. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm actually gonna next time that it's at my local store I'm going to pick this one up. All right, Kitty, what's your number seven? Battlestar Galactica. Ooh, our first crossover. Our first crossover. This is another one that I realized kind of as I was coming up with this top ten that most of the games that I picked were things that I knew I had somebody to play with. So Battlestar Galactica, you, Sydney, and Spencer will always sit down and play this with me if we have time and the game is there. This is one that I think this might be Spencer's number one. Spencer loves this game. He Every time he plays, he has so much fun and he loves to like write the story of the episode that we just you know made up with our gameplay. And it's fun, very thematic. You already talked about it, so I won't go too much further, but Yep, that's my number yeah. seven, is we, Battlestar Galactica. We played a five-hour game on my wedding cruise, and Spencer got the Cylon card. I got on the like f- a blow-by-blow blow <laughs> of this game. Well, he got the Cylon card on the first round, and nobody thought there was a Cylon. And then he got it again on the second round, so he was the only Cylon, and he still won the game. 
It was insane. It was He's tricky. Yeah, it was great. Okay. Um I think it is Fletcher's turn to do Fletcher's number 6. Fletcher's number 6, yeah. Okay, my number 6 is a game that I think I've mentioned before. I don't think either of you guys have A lot of these games I don't think any of you guys have played, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> Elements. Elem- oh yeah. Um have any of you guys played this game? No. We I saw it on Kickstarter and I didn't get it, but I mm. did see it. And oh. it was it was I was really tempted, but I think I was a, Kickstarter overload at the time. Ah, <laughs> you can I mean you can find it on uh, Amazon now or whatever. But this is a really it's a really quick game to play. It's really simple to teach. Um, if you see a theme here with my games, <laughs> um, and it's kind of like Uno meets rock paper scissors a little bit. Um, and it just it gets pulled out and played a lot at my table because it is when, when you say those two games everybody knows how rock paper scissors works everybody knows how uno works you put those together everyone knows how to play this game and everyone has a lot of fun kind of like playing it so that's my number six pick is Elementies. i like that description rock paper scissors meets uno by themselves neither one is that compelling but you put them together and i could see it especially with cute little fire elementals yeah all right kitty oh it's me yeah all right. My number six is Betrayal Legacy. Ooh. I, again, I do. I, I, it's, it's not on purpose. <laughs> I love this game. I have had so much fun with this game. Once again, I love story-driven game. I love these games that everyone sits down at the table and it's just like, oh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. And the reveals of this have been so fun. And Spencer's wacky fan theories about like, we can't do this anymore because it's going to be bad in the long run. But, you know, all of the rest of us being like, but it's good for now. (laughs) (laughs) These these fun moments that have come out of playing this game really enjoyed. And it's one that I, you know, every time I am, oh, we have a chance to play a game. Let's do this. Let's do it again. We need to like sit down and come up with a date on the calendar so we can do this again. Deal. All right. My number six is the newest game on here, or at least the newest one that I have played, and that is Anachrony. This is a hardcore, I want to say a hardcore Euro, but it's it's not that. It's just, it's a sci-fi, time travel-y game. The time travel is, is clever, um, but not so, you know, there's not trying to break anything with the time travel-y thing, but there's paradoxes. There's borrowing from yourself in the future, and then you have to pay yourself back. And there's giant mechs for no good reason, but they look really cool. This is a modular game, so there's like tons of, well, probably six, and then a few more coming with the next Kickstarter. Um, different modules that you can mix into it if you want to mix it up a little bit. And I just I haven't played it enough, and I want to keep playing it. Like This game is always cool. It does take up a decent amount of space on the table and it does play a little bit slow at four, but I think as people get better at it, it it can, it can speed up a little bit. So that is my number six anachrony. Um, Kitty, you are doing number five. All right. My number five is my go-to classic. Couldn't not be on my list. Carcassonne. I'm going to play Chris loves it so much. (laughs) The one game that I put on my list that Chris is like, ooh. <laughs> it's fun. I love tile lane. I love the fiddliness of it. I love the point salad nature. I love that you're just doing your own thing. You've got your tile. You have your choice. That's it. 
It's a puzzle. I I really like it. It's a really classic game. So many people own it and know how to play it. And this was another one that I had to buy because everyone I know owns this game. So I never had to buy it. And then I realized I have an expansion for this game that I don't own. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you have because I had the game and then you bought the expansion. Yeah. Yep. I I like this as a two player game with a little bit of the uh, interactive expansions mixed in a bit. But um all right. My number 5 is Gizmos. This is a g- game by Kaman and it is an engine builder, almost like a Rue Goldberg builder in card form. It has marbles. It's very very simple to teach and every time I play it, I I take end up taking a different strategy because the cards that are available you're you're buying from a common pool tends to drive that early game and the strategy you're trying to take. And it doesn't overstay its welcome. If it played for an extra turn or two longer, it would still be fine. But it it is about perfect for the length. And it's one of those casual games that I can really teach anybody, even if you don't like games. And it's still fun because of that tactile feel. You have these, you know reach into the bin to pull out a random marble or choose one from the front and the rest of the marbles drop in. And yeah, I just, I love this game and that's Gizmos. Fletcher. All right. My number five game is Splendor. It's a, I really like the, I I don't know, the game pieces themselves in Splendor. It's the, like the gem collecting. Like the clay, the clay, the clay poker chips. The clay poker chips, yeah. Um, I really like the feel of the game itself. Um, again, it's another game that is pretty simple to teach and to pick up and learn. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. And I, there's a bunch of different buying strategies that you can that you can go with. Um, but yeah, I think everybody's pretty familiar with this game. But my middle of the road, number five. <laughs> I do not blame you for it at all. I think it's good. All right, I think... I'm up for number four. Yep. So I will say now we're getting into the games that are just like, I don't know, this this one is epic good, and I don't get to play it as often as I would like to, because it's a two-player only game that takes my family, i.e. Sydney and I, about six hours to play, so we always have to spread it over two evenings, and that is Star Wars Rebellion. This is the dark side versus the light side and as the rebellion you're trying to you're you hiding you're hiding your base and you're trying to basically rise the people up against the empire and the empire is trying to track down your base and destroy you before you can do that so it's a racing game to see who can get their goals first but it's completely asymmetric how you play is is very very different the the dark side they have tons and tons of ships that you can destroy Pretty much they can destroy whatever they want. And the Rebellion doesn't have a lot of ships. So you have to be a little bit much... Well, you have to be a lot more sneaky with how you play. And uh, I just... This game is fantastic. That's Star Wars Rebellion. Fletcher. Okay. My number four game um, is a game that I got mm, kind of recently. I guess like a year ago that Chris gave to me that I actually really love. It's Sushi Go Party. (laughs) Um, This game is super fun. Uh, I love the artwork. Uh, again, it's another game that is super easy to teach and to pull out and play. Um, and it gets a lot of table time because everybody just wants to play this game over and over. It's quick um, and you don't feel like 
you uh, are ever like screwed too much or like you you screw over people and you don't even mean to but it's it's a quick enough game that you know you, you just play it and then uh you lose you play another round so that's yeah. number four i haven't played in a while and i probably should because i remember it being fun i remember this being a bar game yeah it's a great it, bar game yeah and it's cheap enough to like buy a new deck if it gets destroyed at the bar but it's fun enough where you can play it over and over and over over drinks all right kitty my number four is Pandemic Legacy Season 1. I was tempted to put Season 2 because I feel like I should be playing it, but I'm not as drawn to it as I was to Season 1. Season 1 was just the perfect mix of I knew enough about the game that it was like no barrier to entry for the first round. It was just that easy, and then you learn as you go, great story reveal as you go, everything changes, and my brother just started playing it recently with his friends, and, like, I want, I keep, like, asking him questions that, like, I'm trying so hard not to spoil everything. I was like, oh, so, like, the diseases, tell me about, you know, like, all <laughs> these questions. And I'm like, I just want to know because it's so much fun and the reveals are so good. And by the end of the game, it is one of the most convoluted, complicated, bizarre rule sets I have ever encountered in a game. But it makes perfect sense because you learn it a little bit at a time tiny bits reveals and it makes perfect sense in the context of the story and it's just i loved it and i would buy another copy and sit down and play it again that's what i was gonna ask it's like are you ready to play it because if you play it again right away it you might no you know too much you remember too much it you'll get burned out but now it's been like a year since we finished no 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 pandemic's like season legacy pandemic legacy season one it's been like three years Maybe two. It's been three. Yeah, we have an episode on a recap of a side chat, like over two years old. Over two years ago, man. Yeah, it's it's time. You can time. play it again. Oh my gosh, yeah. we can play it again. We need to. And I agree with you. Fletcher's never played it. Oh, we've play- not played Legacy. No. Well, we also. It's so much. It's so different. It's so much fun. We also had to finish Betrayal Legacy too. Yeah, I know. And we got a D and D campaign going on. No, we can we can make this work. We just we what, basically what we need to do is we rent a beach house for time. a week, and then we just all live there <laughs> and finish these games. Get a nanny to come live there too. Yep, yep. We're sequestered Perfect. until we finish all our games. I like it. Um, no, I do. I really do like Pandemic Legacy Season One. It did not make my list for reasons I will talk about at the end of my list. Okay. Let's see. I think because it's not a game; it's an activity. No, it's it's totally a game. <laughs> All right, Fletcher, you are doing number three. Okay, so this isn't quite a crossover, but my number three is Betrayal at House on Hill. Okay. On the Hill. Um, And the reason is because I have not played the Legacy version. (laughs) (laughs) I would probably really like it, um, but I haven't played it. And what I liked about this game is like the first time I... I forget how I got it, but the... First time I sat down to play it with a bunch of friends, I was like, oh, man, look at this big box and all these pieces and all this stuff. Like, this is going to take forever to learn. Turns out it's a super easy game to play. Um, and then the, there's, like, fun scenarios that, like, slowly reveal themselves based on what happens. And um, the rules build up a little bit, but not too much. But it makes sense when it happens because you're, like, like you said, Kitty, you're learning, like, a little bit of time. But it still never gets that crazy. Um, and I just had a ton of fun playing this. And I'd probably really like the uh, legacy version, but have not played it. So that's my number three. 
Yeah, really the only downside to this is all those pieces, when you do, when the haunt does happen, it's like, fine, this, 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 and this. And she's like, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's like a jigsaw puzzle where you're looking for that one blue piece. But that just needs to be sorted well. All right. Number three for Kitty. Oh, I'm first here? No, no, no. no. This is no. number three. Fletcher number just three. did number oh, three. Oh, Fletcher went first. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're already in number threes. I wasn't paying very much attention. <laughs> All right. Mine is Azul. I really enjoyed this game. I I just really I love playing with the tiles. I think it's super fun, super tactile. It's gorgeous components. I know that Chris doesn't like the art. He's like, eh, it's boring, straightforward. But the I game think is it's fun. Cool. It's got a really fun like I think it's got like kind of a Scandinavian, simple, clean look to it that I appreciate. And I think it's it's a really good gameplay. It's a little bit like what you do affects what other people are doing, but you can't really mess someone up too much with your actions. And I like just you're doing your thing. You're playing with your own little tiles. You're just trying to maximize your own stuff. And it was just, it's a really fun game. Yeah. I think with the more players you have, the less interaction you have between players, because you're really only able to affect the next person going. In a two-player game, though, it can be pretty cutthroat in... Yeah. Like your choice can be to help yourself or to help yourself a little less, but really screw over your opponent. So there's this game has a little bit for everyone. This is good. This is good. All right. My number three is Arkham Horror, the card game. I love this game. It is it has character development in form of deck building. There's the stories somehow even like just give you a, a small deck of cards and the paths that you can go, the stories you can go, everything's interesting about this. And it's set up to fail. So even though you can beat the scenario, and oftentimes you do as you get better at it, if you fail, you are still failing forward. And the story is still interesting, even though you're not able to complete the particular goals. And some scenarios, there's no chance of ever completing the goals. You're just trying to do as good as you can. I love this game. I taught Anne how to play this game. It was a four-player game. It took a very long time. It was at Origins. The game does scale linearly with the number of players you have. I think that two players or solo play is the sweet spot for this game because you're always engaged then at those player counts. With four players, it really can kind of drag. So I'll give it that. I like it in a smaller player count, but that is Arkham Horror, the living card game. It's also super expensive if you want to get everything right now, because if you're buying it over time, it's not so bad. Otherwise, you're retroactively dropping a few hundred dollars on this one. Number two, Kitty, you're starting. All right. One that I'm pretty sure is going to come up again, but not surprised I haven't seen it yet. Keyforge. This has been my go-to competitive. This is my new thing. I really enjoy it. It is the game that fills the hole in my life that I felt like I could never get into collectible card games because I just don't have the time or the money. (laughs) It it fills the keyhole in my heart. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I love playing sealed tournaments. I have played this. This is the only game I've ever played in like a competitive tournament. I am excited to do it again. I was looking for, you know, I need a plastic carrying case with a handle that can fit my whole play mat so I don't have to carry too many things around. And my mom is looking at me like, you're saying words, but I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I love it. It's fun. 
I've been looking for a game like this for a long time, and this really seems to fit the bill. I can't argue with anything you said. So I'll tell you what my number two is, which is not Keyforge. My number two is Homeworlds. I still love this game. It's still one of my favorite games ever. Nobody's ever heard of it because you can't actually search for Homeworlds and buy it like that. (laughs) (laughs) I have talked to Andrew Looney and I said, look, make a Homeworlds game, just a standalone Homeworlds. He's like, no, 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 no. I made Pyramid Arcade. It's part of Pyramid Arcade. I'm like, fine. But Pyramid Arcade is a $70 game. Homeworlds is the best game in there. And... Well, I have played it $70 worth. Most people won't. So I recommend getting finding older Ice House pyramids. They'll do the same thing. But Homeworlds Home is a game inside of the Pyramid Arcade box. It's uh, four sets of three colored different plastic, well, four colored plastic pyramids. And it's space chess. Whenever I'm playing it at a restaurant and someone comes over and says, what are you doing? It's like, eh, it's kind of like space chess. And it looks like it's nonsense. You watch two people play this game. You just look at it and be like, there's no, like, none of this makes I'm sense. I'm not convinced that it's not. I, I, that's, <laughs> that's the beauty of it, is it makes no sense when you're watching it from the outside. You're just like, uh, it'd be the equivalent of two people just moving the salt and pepper shakers and some ketchup bottles on the table and pretending like they're playing a game. That's what Homeworlds looks like if you're not sure what's going on. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Homeworlds, my number two. Fletcher. All right. My number two is Gloomhaven. It's a game that I've talked about a lot. I actually don't own this game, but uh, I am the driving force behind playing this game. One of my buddies owns it, and we play it with some other friends together all the time. Um, And I really like this game. It's tons of fun. Uh, I'm working my way um, through the game right now. I'm on my second character, and I'm just having a blast playing it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure everybody knows about Gloomhaven. So when you had to retire your first character and went to your second character, were you excited to go to the second character or were you like disappointed you were losing your first character? Um, I was excited. And the reason that I was excited was because um, the first time playing Gloomhaven was with another friend who actually owned the game. And um, I don't actually talk to him too much anymore. (laughs) And he doesn't invite us over to, to play. So I don't know what really happened there. So then another buddy buddy of mine bought the game, and then I decided to play the same character, same starting character. Um, so you're then, sick of that character now? Well, I actually chose it ra- at random, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to choose randomly, and I happened to choose the same character. So I was like, ah, great. Well, okay, well, I know how to play this guy. And I um, I happened to draw two cards for like your, your um, I forget what it's called, end goal or whatever, yeah. like your life goal. Uh, one of them was actually pretty easy to achieve so i was like great i'll i'll do this one and i I achieved it like really quickly um and i opened up the second character box and i was like okay this guy seems pretty cool so i was excited every single one so there's 17 characters in this game six of them start from the beginning and every single one of the 11 are all completely unique and play differently than everything else it's it's amazing yeah all right, we are two number ones, and I don't know how I forgot. None. I think Kitty, Kitty, you are your fir- you're the first number one. No, am I the first number one? Am I? I did number three. All right, well, you did number two. I think Flet. No, Fletcher just went. That I just sense. went. It can't I don't be know. Me. All right, so it must be me. I will do the first number one. My number now. There's a few games that are not on my list so far. Gloomhaven is one of them. That's not on my list. Keyforge is another one that's not on my list. Uh, what are the other ones that may have come up? 
I think those are the For two. For those of you at home keeping score. Yeah. Well, and then Wingspan is not here. I'm just kind of looking at the other things that could possibly be here. But the number one. This isn't Keyforge. I will like lose all the betting pools. <laughs> I will be shocked. Number one is indeed Keyforge. This is. I knew it. I, I mean. If only Vegas had been open. <laughs> I should have known. Kitty. And I did. Yeah, you summarized this really well. It is that game that I can play competitively and in a mode where it's like, if I play sealed, I don't feel like I'm playing, you know, the, the people that have gone out and tried to, you know, buy the best decks. And, but even in Archon, where you bring your, the, any deck you want, even there, I enjoy playing because most people I'm going to play against are not going to be have broken decks. And I tell people this all the time. If, if I do end up playing against a deck that just feels broken, that's fine. I never have to play that deck again. And that's what I love most about this. I don't have to build a deck, and I don't have to play the same deck over and over and over in competitive play. Because there's nothing worse than just being like, oh, I didn't net deck the counter to your net deck, so now there's no reason to play. And now it's not just that. It's that if you play that super broken deck, they can only play that super broken deck so many times before they're going to gain so many power levels and chains that they can't play competitively anymore. Yeah. Like there's a built in like dampener to these super powerful decks that are just going to happen sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this game to me is as close to perfect for a competitive card game as you can get. Like it's just. Ah, I just love everything about it. But I'm also someone who does not like deck building because I don't believe that true deck building exists for most people anymore. And I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend all the Magic players out there, but if you're a Magic player and you're making competitive decks on your own without using the internet, then you are an exception to the rule and an exceptional person on top of that because most of the time, that's what you're seeing is the same same meta over and over and over. And some people talk about the meta in Keyforge, but really they're just talking about good card combos. And which again, is fine because there's so many other cards in your deck. You can have the combo and you still have a completely different deck. Keyforge, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, Fletcher, your number one. My number one, should be pretty obvious, is <laughs> Monopoly. Because- <laughs> It's a great game to play. Everyone knows how to play it. It's super easy to teach. Uh, as far as rolling moves go, it's pretty good. It has a great like interaction, like player to player kind of like bidding system. That's that's really great. Are you so. trying to get kicked off the podcast? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> no, it's Dungeons I just, and Dragons. I was just seeing how far you could go. <laughs> it's D and D. Everybody knows pretty much D&D, so it's the game that probably got me into gaming pretty much, and I've played it forever. I continue to play it to this day. There's so many great variations. There's lots of different ways to play it. You can bling it out. You can do theater of the mind. You can do grid system. I don't know. It's just an all-around great kind of gaming system, and I love it. It's my number one. This was on my list, and then I decided to rule out role-playing games. Not because I think that it was a rule for uh, that I that I specifically did not put any rules on top ten favorite games, but for me, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to put this on the list. But had I put it on the list, it would have been number two. It would have been Keyforge, Dungeons and Dragons, Homeworld, because I agree with everything. Dungeons and Dragons is an amazing game, and I do understand the people who don't like the 
non-structure of a role-playing game, but just the sitting around a table, like telling stories with friends with like combat mechanics built in. Ah, it's, it is great. It's great in so many ways. And I, I love it as well. So it deserves to be your number one. And if it was on my list, it'd be my number two. Cause I still love Keyforge. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Kitty's number one. Um, oh, I know what it is. Okay, go ahead. Tell us what your number one is. <laughs> <laughs> my number one, as Chris probably knows, is Wingspan. Yeah, I, was just, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I was just scanning your list to see if it was already there. I'm like, oh, nope, nope. All right, I know what it is. I love this game. I will play it anytime, any day with any person. I have taught so many people this game. And with the exception of my husband and brother-in-law, who are still on my blacklist for giggling at activating brown powers, <laughs> <laughs> to the point where no one else could actually learn the game, it ha- I've not had a bad experience with it. It's been so much fun. I love the components. The art is beautiful. The gameplay is different every time. I am learning birds. I saw a bird at the zoo, and I was like, oh, look, it's a roseate spoonbill. And Eve, my sister, was like, oh, yeah, I saw that in Wingspan. I was like, that's where I learned it, too. It's it's like you can actually identify birds from this game. It's fun. The, the play is so much fun. I haven't taught it to somebody yet who was like, this is boring and hard. And there's so <laughs> much going on that it feels like you somebody should be able to say that. There are so many games that I've taught to people who are like, this isn't my cup of tea. I could see how somebody would like it. But no. Everyone who has played this game with me has really, really enjoyed it. And I'm really sorry to all those people out there who are listening who are like, I don't have a copy and I can't get one. I'm really sorry. It'll be out there. And when you get it, you'll love it. And it'll be so much fun. It's true. It's very true. And that is our third crossover. So if we're looking at crossovers, Kitty and I both had Battlestar Galactica. We both had Keyforge. And Fletcher and Kitty both had Wingspan. Wingspan didn't make my list because I haven't played it as much as you have and I had so many other games. Uh, a couple other things that notable, Gloomhaven did not make my list. It would have for certain when I was playing it. But right now, I because I played it so much and you know essentially played through, I it's not a game that I would go back to, which is why what didn't make my list, which is the same reason Pandemic Legacy Season 1, which I also loved, didn't make my list. is because I don't know that I would go back to it right now. Um I think those are the kind of the big ones. I'm like, I, I really did love them, but I, I don't know if it's like right now my top 10. I had a much harder time editing myself than I thought I would. I was like, oh, top 10. You know, I feel like when we did our top five, however many years ago that was now, I had like five games that I enjoyed. And some of them were like from my childhood. And just the change from then to now of like, I feel like I left off another 10 games that easily I love almost as much. Like the the difference between like 7 to 10 to 15 to 19, you know, there's there's a lot of games that kind of fill in that same range that I was not expecting to have such a hard time doing this. Yeah, it's the more games you have, the more you're like, wow, I I really like all these games because there was a ton. There was another at least a dozen that could have potentially made this list depending on my mood at the time. But and Fletcher, your list is fantastic, actually. Um, not that I'm all that startled, but you know, you're, you're just not very good at making lists. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, but I, your list is great because 
it's every game on there I would play and I would have fun playing. It's just they're they're some of them are more casual than and I would. So I picked good. Is what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, no. But you, you picked very. Good. You did you good because you didn't pick crap. Good for you. But you picked very different games than us. Is basically what I'm getting at. That's why it's it's interesting because all of these games are great. Yet we only had three games that we had a crossover on, which is pretty cool. I like that I was the most crossovery. Yep, you are more in in tune with us, I guess, or we're more in tune with you than each other because fletcher and i didn't have any crossover none between the two of you i cross over with chris and i cross over with fletcher but chris and fletcher no crossover but if i had included D &D, i am the bridge so right but if i had included D &D, that would have pushed uh, battlestar off my list and then i would have crossed over with one of each of you huh now i want to go back and we can record the entire episode with D &D (laughs) as my number two (laughs) D D is such like that was another one where I couldn't include role-playing games or I didn't include any, like, casual party games. I guess some of these are more casual than others, but I didn't, like, like Telestrations or Detective Club. Detective Club was, like, it's my number 11, I think. And that's another one that I don't actually own. I don't think you can buy it right now, but I loved playing that. We had such a good time playing that at GameHole Con. Yep. I only got it because I was at Essen at the time. I've never seen it in a game store. And you messed up. You were looking for a Spy Club. I and was. You picked it up by accident. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that story. It's so good because it's such a fun game. And Insider is another one that kind of fills that same niche for me. But I, I just liked Detective Club better because it had the visual element and you had a little bit more to build your nonsense on. Yeah, it's kind of Dixit meets Insider. Yeah. Yep. Really fun. All right, so we got a bunch of listener uh, mail for entering the contest, and we'll announce the winner in a, in a couple minutes. And these questions are going to be great. We are going to answer them probably one an episode for the next, I don't know, 20 episodes or so. Uh, but just because we have questions now and just because we're not giving you anything away for your questions, we love answering questions. So keep emailing us with them. I'm pretty sure Trevor sent us 20 questions because... <laughs> That's what I just thanks Trevor. Um, so, but this one I think is a question that we can only answer in this episode because otherwise we'd be like uh, uh, and thinking. So this is from Jesse Wilkowiak. He says, "Hey gang, I have a question. Okay, we have an answer. You are home. Actually, this is more of a scenario than a question, but it ends in a question. <laughs> <laughs> you are home, and suddenly your house burns up in flames. All of your family is out, and you're outside thinking to yourself." I have one game that I need to grab and save. Which game do you have on your shelf candy list that you must save? Oh, and another thing. You cannot buy any more games from here on out. Your house just burned down. I know my wife would be upset if I bought Gloomhaven again and she needed new clothes. Which game? Because I can't look. My number one? What do I do? Go in and grab one Keyforge deck? I couldn't do that because if I had a Keyforge deck and I could never buy another Keyforge deck, that's not the one I would save. So in Homeworlds, I can play with rocks. So I don't like, yeah. So I'm uh, Fletcher. You go first. Which game do you grab? Oh man, this is tough. <laughs> and you can never um, buy any more game stuff again. Well, it's it's funny because I I don't really have that many that much D and D stuff, and I don't own Gloomhaven. <laughs> so for me, it would probably be either uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Or terraforming Mars because it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I think either one of those could be good. I would ga- say terraforming Mars has best replayability because uh, Betrayal on House of the Hill. There are only fifty haunts, so you can play 
eventually you could play that game out. Right. But all right, those are good. Kitty, I think I know your answer. I mean, I feel like it's not really fair. Mine is obviously <laughs> Wingspan. Um, mostly because if I didn't grab Wingspan, I think my mother and or sister would kill me. They'd be like, what? We can't play this game anymore because you didn't save it. I'd be like, you, you can buy your own copy. Like, house? No, <laughs> you should have gone back into your burning house for this. Uh, we're going on vacation this week. And my mom said that I wasn't allowed to get in her car unless I had Wingspan with me. That's like, I couldn't save Wingspan, but I got time stories. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, get out of here with that. <laughs> okay, so Keith- time stories, though, also, it's like eight boxes, it's not one box. Well, yeah, also, you can only like a scenario, and, and you can only play each scenario until you beat it, and then it's yeah, basically done, and that's it. Yeah, way more limited. Wingspan is the one. Yep, so yeah, Keyforge, no Homeworlds, as much as I love it, it's just a two player game. Arkham Horror, I, uh, it's just, there's too many boxes Once there. Once again, are you grabbing 18 boxes? Exactly. Yeah, it's no, just grabbing too many count. things. Which leaves Gizmo as the next highest, but is this the game I want to play forever and ever? Not Prob- Star Wars Rebellion? You just <sighs> skipped right over Star Wars well, Rebellion. Oh, oh, all right. Star Wars Rebellion is a two-player only game, which, I mean, you can play it four players, but then you're playing teams and it doesn't, it, it's not a four-player game. Um, so Gizmos is good, but... The depth might not be there. If I have to stick with one, I think Battle I'll have Star to... Galactica. No. Uh, I mean, tempting, yes. But I think I would go with Arcadia Quest because that would actually give me an excuse to play all 100 special characters that I have for it. So it's the only game I can play forever. I will finally get through all of the different scenarios and play all the different character combinations. That's so strange, because if I was grabbing a game off of your list, I would go probably Viticulture, then Great Western Trail, which you didn't even mention. I Both of them, like Viticulture, Great Western Trail, and Anachrony, all of them are fantastic games. But, like I say, Arcadia Quest... they don't Quest, have 900 miniatures in them? They don't. They don't. They're basically the same game. <laughs> you're just playing it different ways. With Arcadia Quest, I can literally play infinite combinations with those characters, and... I could come up with my own scenarios. I just think it has the most staying power as being the only game I could ever play again. So, Chris, the the obvious solution is to go with Keyforge, and all your unopened decks you sell and buy the games that you want to play. <laughs> <again>. <laughs> it's the obvious solution. That's true. And actually, the way I store my Keyforge, I could just grab a box and I would have forty decks, and that would last me for a while. But still, that, that competitive nature. Like I would, at least a week. At least a week. At least. But I, <laughs> uh, I have to buy a new deck of Keyforge pretty much every week. And for those who know me know that I'm lying. And that's pretty much every other day. So, all right. That was our top 10 list. And we actually timed that pretty well. I'm, I'm, I, I thought we were going fast at the beginning. I'm like, wow, this is going to take us 15 minutes. Uh, it didn't because we can talk on forever. But Jesse, thank you for that question. That was a perfect follow-up for this particular episode. So that's why I added it. And we do have a bunch of feedback from other episodes. We will talk about those next week. We will, I think we'll pick a little bit of a shorter topic because I will be at Dice Tower Con this week and coming back late on a Sunday. So we'll have a quick turnaround for next Tuesday's episode. I don't know what that topic will be yet, but it might just be, I don't think it'll be just a listener mail topic because I want to spread those out a little bit. But we have a winner. And I did this twice, and I'm, I'm going to give a little peek behind the curtain because um, I, what I basically what I do, and I've said this before, is I put all of the Patreon names in a Google Sheet. Then I add all of the emails underneath that. So everyone gets an entry. 
And then Google Sheets will generate a random number and it picks one of the rows on there. So normally this person emails me and says, hey, I have too many games. Just take me off the list. Okay. And so I tend to just, whenever he comes up, I just take him off the list. But I just leave him there and I just redo it. So this time, though, he didn't email me, but his name came up. And I'm like, eh, he's probably not going to be interested anyway. So I did a re-random and his name came up again. So I said, okay, the universe wants him to have this game. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So Terrence. Sorry, you not. I don't know if I'm sorry, but congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be. You have won Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. Congratulations, Terrence. <laughs> Long time. Big fan of our show. Yep. Great listener. Appreciate everything you do. So engaged. Yep. Everything he does. So great. And this is brought to you by the Gift of Games in Grays Lake. And he lives nearby Grays Lake. Uh, so at some point, Terrence, I'm going to make you come up and pick it up in person. And you can pick it up directly from Tim at the Gift of Games. And he will say, congratulations for you have won. Um, thank you, everyone, for sending in your emails. I think we had something like 87 emails. Wow. It was, it was kind of crazy. Uh, so like I said, we have a lot of questions. And this was this is fun. We don't normally do top 10s, mostly because the Dice Tower main show does a top 10 almost every week. And... As much as I like listening to top tens, I don't want to be like everyone else out there. So I like our topical format more. But I think that every once in a while doing something like this kind of gives you an insight into the games that we like, if you don't already know from the stuff we talk about over and over and over. So this was fun. 150 episodes. Um, I know it's not 156 episodes. We had a couple of people mention that, you know, 52 <laughs> times 3, 156 is the important... I might have to give Josh a call and see if he wants to be on 156. <laughs> It'd be significant for him. Uh, numerologist. <laughs> yeah. It's just a number. It's just a There's number. An infinite amount of numbers. <laughs> I told Sydney that I was going to surprise announce that this was the end of season one and that we were going to take a break. But that is not true. We are not going to take a break. As much as as it would be nice to like take a few weeks off. <laughs> the end of season one is three years long. <laughs> yep. It could be that way. As I literally try not to yawn into my <laughs> microphone. Like, if we were going to do a break, you would have thought that I would have gotten a week off for having a child. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we both had... I will hold that forever. You you were amazing. Like, absolutely amazing. So, we have not missed a week in 150 episodes. Holding a six-day-old baby. Yep. And recording this <laughs> podcast. We love you people. And we we appreciate you listening to us babble on. And then there's such nice things. Like some of these emails are like, oh, you actually, that's, yeah. It, it's humbling. It's very, very humbling. And we appreciate it. We like doing this and it makes it more fun when we think other people like hearing us do it. Um, okay. I mentioned already that I'm going to be at Dice Tower this week. So you are listening to this. I am probably on my way to or in Orlando. So if you are in that area, um, I would say tweet to me is the best way to get a hold of me. You can try emailing too, but chances are I won't check it fast enough. But if you're at Dice Tarakon, you you will find us. We're the ones with the five-month-old baby who are crazy for having a five-month-old baby in 95-degree Florida weather at a convention. But we're going to do it anyway. Um, next con after that is Gen Con, and we have our live show Friday night at 8 p.m. So if you're going to be there, get tickets. If you still can, I haven't checked, but they may already be sold out, but either way, get tickets. And if you didn't get if you tickets, don't get tickets, still show up. Yeah, because we'll probably 
yeah. let you in anyway. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. If, you might be standing in the back, but just, yeah. Um, all right. That's, I think that's good enough. Let's see. You can follow us on Facebook at slash tabletop game talk podcast. Twitter's at tabletop game TLK. Kitty is lawful good mom. Fletcher is not Fletch. I am game master Chris. You can help us out on Patreon at tabletopgametalk.com slash Patreon. Remember, if you're a patron, you get automatically entered in all our contests. Plus, we super, super appreciate it. And just in general, we appreciate it. It's just a kind of a nice way to let us know that you like what we do. Um, and Fletcher, I'm going to do something you hate right now. Oh, great. Cool. <laughs> and Kitty can take it from here. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Thanks for listening, and remember, we love your feedback. So email us with comments or questions about today's topic at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Finally, a huge thank you to our patrons. Adam Harrison, the SGC, Jason Strong, Terrence Miltner, Stephen Seitz, Michael Ohl, Brian Arnold, Sean P. Kelly, C. Marie, Rudy Liu, Benjamin Hamowitz, Jerry Huang, Stephen Phillips, Caleb O'Brien, Justin Willard, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks. Jeremy Fisher, David Ratke, Nick Quickstra, David Sellers, Jason Rodney, Michael Yanikowski, Miles Clark, Cindy Lum, Phil Schwartzel, Ann Reynolds, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Christopher Vincent, Nate Faz, Funtham Sean Peck, Eric Sealander. Mike Smith, Trevor Davis, Tim Verdag, Chris Lowe, Joe Hoover, Timothy Gross, Glenn Cotter, Jesse Wolkowiak, Emil Jewel Jacobson, Marina Stevens, Brady Meltzer, Gregory Huber, John, ah, Don Gilstrap, Stephen Judd, Leanneville, Bear Holst, Christopher Letko, John Lewis, Joe Rackstead. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. <sighs> that was a lot of games. Now I want to go play them. It's 30 games. <laughs> Technically, uh, maybe a little less, actually. 27? Yeah. Is that right? It's hard to do math when you're subtracting out, yes, 27 games. And now we must play them all one at a time.